Daniel, happy holidays. Yeah. And I want to get this out of the way right off the bat. We're going for uh, it. <laughs> my wife said the special was not the best idea. This one that we're about to do. Yeah. So we're, this is our, our Hanukkah special. And my wife said, yeah, but the thing is, you're not Jewish and neither is Daniel. Wait, so you're not? I'm not Jewish. Yeah, I'm not either. I just feel like, you know, why do, do I have to be of a certain faith to celebrate that faith, or at least the people that are a part of that faith or part of that culture. I mean, I don't think so. I don't think so either, because, I mean, these are films, right? I mean, if we think about Jewish films, yeah, they're films not for Jewish people, but for everybody. You know, last year we said, let's pick two Christmas films that we want to recommend, and we want to do the same thing around this time. But as we both quickly discovered, there's not a whole lot of Hanukkah films out in the world. Right. When you said that at first, I, I, I was going through this catalog in my head of, okay, Hanu- yeah, Hanukkah films. and <laughs> Eight Crazy yeah, Nights. I, I what could, else? Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't find anything. I couldn't locate anything specifically Hanukkah in my brain. <laughs> well, so that's why, uh, you know, as we talked about it, we thought, well, maybe it would be better to recommend a film at this time of year that, that celebrates Jewish culture, yeah. Jewish people, Judaism in general, Jewish history, something along those lines, which is something that I'm really, really into. I'm, I'm not trying to say I'm into Judaism in the sense that, you know, I'm considering like switching faiths or something but like that. But you're interested in it. W- without a doubt. You know, I, I just, I always remember, I go back to my, to some of my, my early childhood memories. And I remember as a kid, our two doors down neighbors, our families were great friends. I remember there was something about them. There was a humor that they had. Mm-hmm. They had a generosity. I don't know. I, it just they, there was the, there was this kind of magnetism to this family, and the Roths were their names. Okay. And you know, I, even as I got a little older, I, I I would babysit their kids, and we would have their kids over, and they would have us over. And yet, I remember one memory in particular. There was there was a moment, and I think this was the moment that I realized that there was something really specific and cultural mm-hmm. going on. We had the the two Roth kids over to our house for dinner. It was just the kids. My mom, not thinking, <laughs> made pork chops. Of course, for dinner. How much more offensive can it get? <laughs> and I'll I'll never forget the look on her face when my dad said, uh, "Honey, did you really think that that's the best choice for?" Her? And then you know, and I just remember she went white as a sheet and oh, all that. Oh, she's probably so embarrassed. So embarrassed, and so then of course you know uh, we <laughs> we kept the kids from eating that part of of dinner, and then you, just you know, cooked bacon instead. <laughs> something, and then I remember we talked to them the the parents later, and and they were like, oh no, it's we're not, you know, we're, we're it's it's fine, we don't worry about that kind of stuff, and you know, she's like, our parents are more worried about that, we don't worry about it. Oh, so they're not like orthodox? They weren't orthodox? No, no, okay. no, nothing like that, but. But still, um, but I just, I remember like being in their house and looking at just, you know, even their decor and, and the different, you know, books they had on the shelf and, and those kinds of things and thinking, wow, there's a whole history and a whole culture here right. that I, that growing up in the Christian faith, had, a, had, had very little exposure to. And just that very early childhood memory, that was just something, that was this like point of intrigue for me anyway. And uh, there's been films over the years and stories over the years that are, that are definitely Jewish films, Jewish stories that I really, really enjoyed. 
this time of year, I feel like, yeah, okay, maybe it's not Hanukkah specific, but I think it's worth talking about, worth celebrating personally. Absolutely. I have a friend of mine in, in college, actually a listener of the show, yeah. Daniel. You know, I'm of, I'm of the Protestant Christian faith, and he and I would talk a lot about not just the differences, right, of our faith, but also the similarities. And so growing up, at least through high school in the Christian faith, in which I did, you know, you hear how we are Christians that is connected to the Jewish people. It's just something that I at least took for granted until college, when I was good friends with my friend Daniel, who was Jewish. It was, there was just so much richness that was shared, and I would go over to his home, and, and he would um, share with me about his practices, because his family observed, you know, all of the major practices and rhythms and holidays um, that that Jewish people do. And I remember thinking, wow, like, actually, that makes what I believe more rich. And it's also, some, there's something I would also say that might be missing in some ways from yeah. even the, how I might practice my faith. Right. Right. So you and I, we talked about this in advance. We yep. said, you know, do we have films that we love and appreciate that celebrate Jewish tradition, culture, history, and let's recommend them. All right. Do you want to go first? Sure. All right. So we were talking about this special, um, you know, recently, and we even shared it with a, with a friend or two that, yeah, I think we're going to try and do a, a Hanukkah special. And even when we were talking with a, with a particular friend of ours, he brought up a film I loved and will always love. And it's a Coen Brothers film. Of course. A Serious Man. So this is your film that you're That's writing. my film. And before we even have the conversation, this was my film. Yeah, so I that was my film too, and then I changed it. You changed it because of the... <laughs> no, because I had this actually, I had this suspicion. That, that it was th- going to be. That was going to be yours. Well, you know what? If you've heard our Coen Brothers episode, you already know that, you know, I've got nothing but gushing praise yeah. for the Coen Brothers. A Serious Man is I think kind of one of their more kind of unsung films. Yeah, I, guess. I think you're right. But it's no less fantastic than anything they've ever done. Um, uh, you know, I've, I've noticed that recently, for example, the Criterion Collection has started getting into some of the Cohen mm-hmm. body of work. In my opinion, and Criterion, if you happen to be listening, I think A Serious Man would be a brilliant next release for you to do because it deserves the special treatment. Um, a Serious Man, uh, written and directed by Joel and Ethan Cohen, is maybe the most personal film mm-hmm. that the the brothers have ever worked on. Uh, in fact, they've said so as much in interviews. Oh, I haven't heard that. Yeah, it's true. Um, a Serious Man and Fargo are okay. the two films that they're that they credit as being the closest to their own personal experience of where they come from and wow. who they are and how they grew up and. So, uh, which is really, really interesting to look back. Yeah, um, absolutely. In context, but it's it's a simple film, and yet it isn't because mm-hmm. there's a, there's a lot of threads going on at the uh, at the same time. Basically, uh, in a nutshell, the main protagonist, Larry Gopnik, played by Michael Stuhlbarg, and he's having a midlife crisis. He's a Jewish father, and uh, you know he has a marriage that's in crisis. Uh, his his son is about to be bar mitzvahed. And he's, uh, he's at a turning point in his career and in basically every relationship that he has and nothing is going in the right way. It is a comedy, but it's like a strange sort of pensive comedy. Oh, yeah. And Jewish culture and Jewishness saturates every single uh, frame it's of so it. It's so important to it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, the, uh, it, it's, it's the whole framework of the movie. I think Jewish culture is essentially what the movie is about, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. 
but um, so smart, so fantastic. So the one actor that Fargo and a serious man have in common, which is it's a bit part. It's only one. It's only, <laughs> well, I think it's only one, is an actor named Steve Park. Okay. Who plays a bit part in both films, but he kind of is like this linchpin part that's it, in, in both films. He's actually my favorite part. Um, in Fargo, he plays Mike Yanagita. Oh, of course. He plays the father of the Korean student. In a serious man? In a serious man. Okay. And it's a scene that lasts for, I, literally, it's not more than like a minute. Mm-hmm. It, it's a minute long scene, but he's the father of this Korean student that uh, that Larry is needs to give a failing grade to. But there's a strange situation going on where he's being bribed by the father to give him a passing grade. Right. But if he refuses the bribe, then he's going to be sued for defamation for claiming that he's being bribed. <laughs> And so it's this strange sort of like this this loop that's going on that Larry can't seem to get out of. Could you cry? With all respect, Mr. Park, I don't think it's that. Yes. No, it would be a culture clash if it were the custom in your land to bribe people for grades. Yes. So you're saying it is the custom? No, this is a defamation. Crown for lawsuit. Let me get this straight. You're threatening to sue me for defaming your son? Yes. See, look, if it were defamation, there would have to be someone I was defaming him too. Or I... All right, I... Let's keep it simple. I could pretend the money never appeared. That's not defaming anyone. Yes. And uh, passing grade. Passing grade. Yes. Or you'll sue me. For taking money. So he did leave the money. This is defamation. It doesn't make sense. Either he left the money or he didn't. Please, accept the mystery. Accept the mystery. <laughs> Which is one of my favorite lines of any movie it's ever. It's so significant. It's so fantastic because really in that one scene and in that one moment, it sums up all of the themes that are in A Serious Man because right. it's, it's, you know, it's, it's not just about a life crisis. It's an existential crisis mm-hmm. and a faith crisis. And as strange as it sounds, I saw this film... When I was kind of in the midst of all of those, I was having a life and faith and existential crisis. And even just the act of seeing what Larry Gopnik was dealing with, it didn't necessarily answer all my questions, but it made me feel like I wasn't alone. Mm. It was such a significant film going uh, experience. Uh, There's just so many great moments uh, when the bar mitzvahed son goes before uh, the old wise rabbi yeah. Waiting for some sort of wisdom. And the old rabbi meets the kid on his level and starts quoting Jefferson Airplane oh, to him. So awesome. It, it's, there's all these little moments that are just such perfection that uh, I don't know what to say. If you haven't seen a serious man celebrate uh, not just this culture, but just some fantastic filmmaking, uh, beautifully shot by Roger Deakins. Yes, uh, very beautiful. Nothing wrong at all with this movie. I mean, there, there's literally nothing wrong with it. It's just, it's a movie you have to see. It's so amazing. And I even think it's like such, it has so many theologically rich questions, right? I mean, yeah. throughout the whole thing, to which except the mystery is probably the best answer to the questions that might be asked. And the most frustrating. And the most frustrating. Yeah, all, all the way up until the very end. The answer might come at the very end, and it's still the answer is so fraught with all of these questions. Right. right? Yeah. It's, it almost gives the warning. 
There is a potential answer to everything that you're looking for, but just know that the answer has inside of it a thousand more questions oh, that are going to frustrate you even more. It's so good because, and that is really, it does make you feel, it makes you feel less alone. Yeah. A film like that. So here's my film. Go for it. So when you originally told me about this idea about the Hanukkah special, then I we, we talked, we made it more broad, right? About Jewish culture. Right. I was thinking about a lot of films and a lot of the films that came to mind, honestly, were Holocaust films. Because mm. I think some of the most profound films I've seen that have to do with the Jewish people and situation are Holocaust movies. Yeah. But one film came to me actually even before those, but and I was like, I don't know if this totally fits the bill. I think it does. And one of the reasons why I'm choosing it is because I actually think it's a it's a film that needs to be seen more because I think it's such a, a remarkable film. It's the 1983 film Zelig. Have you seen Zelig? I've, I've heard the I've heard of it. I've never seen it. Okay, so Zelig is a 1983 film directed by Woody Allen. Yeah. So Zelig, I think, is fascinating on multiple levels. One, it's a mockumentary done in 1983, and it takes place in the 20s. So the premise of the movie is that Leonard Zelig, born to Jewish immigrant parents, is actually a person who is like a chameleon. So he actually takes on not only people's personalities, but he actually begins to look like the people he's around. The film is told as if this really happened. I mean, it really is in legitimate mockumentary style. Yeah. But it's, I think it's a technical masterpiece because, like I said, it takes place in the 20s, filmed on film. And, and so Woody Allen had to take all of this footage, scratch it like it was old film, but then also superimpose, and he plays Zelig into all of this old footage... <laughs> but not only that, he changes over time depending on who he's with. Hmm. The story is, it's so hard to describe. Fresh stories roll off the press every day about Zelig and his puzzling condition. Although the doctors claim to have the situation in hand, no two can agree on a diagnosis. I'm convinced that it's glandular in nature and although there's no evidence now of any misfunction, I'm sure that further tests will show a problem in the secretions. I'm certain it's something he picked up from eating Mexican food. This manifestation is neurological in origin. Now, this uh, patient is suffering from a uh, brain tumor, and I should not be surprised if within several weeks he died. Now, we have not as yet been able to locate the tumor, but we are still looking. Ironically, within two weeks' time, it is Dr. Besky himself who dies of a brain tumor. Leonard Zelig is fine. It's this journey of this man. You are like, okay, I don't know where this is going, but you soon realize here's a man who's like a chameleon who actually ends up falling in love with this psychiatrist played by Mia Farrow. Mm -hmm. and, and she is trying to help him with this, basically something like a chameleon syndrome, which of course has to, I mean, it's a Woody Allen film. So there's all this neuroses. There's all this, there's all this insecurity but I watched this in film school in a documentary class, and one of the questions that was raised, uh, and it's actually kind of hinted at in the movie, is this potentially being a description of what it's like to be Jewish in America, in, in the sense of somebody having a strong sense of identity, but then coming to a place where they, f they feel like they need to fit in. 
I'm not Jewish. I understand the insecurity. I understand the desire to fit in. I don't know in terms of like a culturally what that is necessarily like, but having that kind of filter helped me think about that movie in a different way. Like, oh, what would that be like for somebody who isn't like an immigrant coming here and feeling this need, this pressure to be like everybody around them? And so you have this this story told in this mockumentary style in which it's it feels like it feels so real. That's what's crazy. You know it's Woody Allen, yeah. but he uses all the documentary tropes. He uses talking head interviews. He uses the old footage. And he tells the story um, about this man desperate to be like the people around him. And that's actually something that I don't think is specific to Jewish people, but that's, that's, a, human, that's a human need. That's a human desire, right? If I don't want to stand out. And it's it's not just a series; it's a comedy, but with all of this other like subtext and all of these wonderful questions and and these different people reflecting on the life of Leonard Zelig as if he's real and and he's this strange man and so it's just a fascinating movie that I think needs to be seen more because I yeah. think it's one of Woody Allen's best work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it sounds like a lot of the themes that he's uh, exploring in this film are themes that he's explored elsewhere. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm hearing things like, you know, wanting to stand out in your culture, but at the same time also just wanting to be to blend in and mm-hmm. be a part of that and the push and pull of that. I don't know. I think I, I think there's a lot of, particularly early Woody Allen, that that's the Woody Allen yeah, story, absolutely. essentially, that whole that whole struggle. I don't know. I just I, I wonder if that film helps me understand what it's like to be from a different place, right, in a different culture, and right. the pressure that that it might that, that people in a different culture might feel to, in terms of what it, to to assimilate. I guess. Yeah, I mean, especially like this time of year, we both have Jewish friends, and you know, sometimes you can't you can't help it. I you just think about it, particularly now in the the Christmas season, you probably would, as a person who doesn't celebrate Christmas, maybe feel a little alienated. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, you want to feel like part of the culture, but you also want to hang on to your own culture and all that. So I don't know. It it sounds like the kind of themes that get explored, maybe this is the time of year to uh, to enjoy a movie like that. Absolutely. So I recommend it. And like I said, I don't think it's seen enough. Yeah, and so that's one of the reasons why I was like, I want to talk about this movie. Yeah, well, I mean, I I definitely want to check it out. This Hanukkah season, uh, an H or a C? What 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 do we what do we think for Hanukkah? How does that go? Oh, is that a, is that a is that a controversy? I don't know if it's a controversy. It's a, I think two white dudes doing it should probably do an H. You think the H is it? Hanukkah. Hanukkah. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I think we need to do some more research on that. <laughs> Well, that's so forgive us if we write the wrong one in all the marketing materials that we put out but uh but no absolutely uh this hanukkah season which uh is beginning this week check them out watch a serious man by the cohen brothers uh zelig by woody allen by woody allen there's room for all sorts of films this time of year and uh maybe break from the norm if you're not a person who tends to take in these sorts of films. Uh, it sounds like you're going to be rewarded. I think so. And I think that we named two films that have a really interesting tone to them. Yeah. Serious Man, again, comedy, yeah. but also has a serious undertone. Zelig, comedy, but also you're not really sure what to make of it. Yeah, definitely. Well, listen, um, 
particularly to all of our listeners of the Jewish faith and of Jewish heritage. Have a terrific holiday season this year. Have a very happy Hanukkah. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us. Happy Hanukkah. Goodbye. Have a happy, happy-